Tasting Anarchy, your wine and liberty podcast. Join Mason and Jake each week as they try new wines and discover how much government is in your drink. Hello and welcome to another fantastic episode of Tasting Anarchy. This week, we will get into the wines. Uh, I'm your host, Jacob Lindsay, and as always, I'm joined by... Mason Joseph. So that's that's the only the only major plan I have is to actually <laughs> review the, this uh, wine and this new grape. So I'll go ahead and go first. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we went to a Turkish restaurant called um, Istanbul in Fort Worth, which is like kind of a I'd say upper end, you know, upper end restaurant. It's downtown and uh, kind of fancy, and they had wine there. And one of the wines that they had there was from Turkey, which I thought was kind of neat. And so I had a glass of that and, um, it's, I'm going to butcher it because it is, uh, Turkish, <laughs> Turkish. It's called, uh, Kyra Okuzugozu, uh, and I will spell it. So the first word, Kyra, K-A-Y-R-A. The second word, which I am having a very difficult time pronouncing is O-K-U- Z G O Z U. <laughs> Good lord! Yes. So <laughs> that that is the second word is the grape. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So the 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 wine itself I thought was very good. It kind of reminds me, and this was actually also in the wine description of the grape. It reminds me of uh, Pinot Noir. Mm-hmm. But like Pinot Noir from a place where it's too hot for Pinot Noir, <laughs> so uh, it, it's pretty acidic and pretty tannic. Mm-hmm. And from what it says on Wine Searcher, so it, I'll, I'll go ahead and just read the article real quick. Uh, Kozu Gozu, which has got a whole bunch of umlaut things on it. Um, it's uh, the first O has an umlaut. The first U has an umlaut. The second O has an umlaut. And the last U has an umlaut. <laughs> so whatever that means uh, is a dark skin variety native to Turkey and grown throughout the vast interior of the Anatolian region um, where it benefits from the continental climate. Wine made from Okuzoguzu is bright ruby colored with red fruit aromas of raspberry cherries and as well as hints of mint i did not detect any mint in this um, Mm -hmm. but uh i thought that was kind of interesting Uh, although i think we've actually had a wine before where they describe it as having mint and and maybe it's just a flavor i can't pick up uh, because i have rarely been able to pick up anything that says it has mint in it i just don't taste it unless it's like mint tea or something um the variety has an excellent acidity and fine tannins. I agree with that. Uh, it Its name is said to refer to the resemblance of a large fleshy uh, to, I'm sorry. Basically, it looks like a bull's eye, like a bull's eyeball. Okay. That's what they're saying. Yeah. So the way this phrase is on, it says its name is said to refer to the resemblance of the large fleshy berries to a bull's eye. It's just kind of an oddly phrased sentence, I think. 
Yeah, um, that is incredibly oddly phrased. Yeah, and then, then the article, I, I don't want to read the whole thing word for word. Yeah. I just thought that was kind of the pertinent part. It says it's very similar to Pinot Noir, where people often do um, associate it with Pinot Noir because it is in the same way that Pinot Noir is kind of a ghost and really reflect, reflects terroir. And so does this particular grape. However, 100% of it is grown in Turkey. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so it's it reflects a terroir of different parts of Turkey, which is a fairly large country. Um, so just kind of an interesting varietal. I had never had it before, and uh, I recommend trying it out. It's interesting. I this is one of those many things where you and I always talk about. Wouldn't it be cool to you know get this and try to grow it somewhere else to see what it's like? You know, one yes. of those kind of things where it's just like a bizarre grape where it's like, yeah, I just I just kind of want to try it. Um, and, oh, there was one more note that I thought was pretty cool. It's uh, sometimes in a blend with another Turkish grape that I will not be able to pronounce, uh, but I'm going to attempt to do it anyways, called Boga Zakere, uh, also 100% grown in Turkey, and as far as wine searcher is concerned, not anywhere else. Uh, and it, it is um, closer, it says, to uh, um, Sinsalt or Gamay. So very fruity and kind of like over, like over fruity, that sort of gamay, juicy, plummy, extra fruity flavor. Um, yeah, to me, to think, me, it's got that like kind of you, you like it's that. Yeah, like yeah, smacky. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good way to describe it. Yeah, it's that very smacky kind of gives you a lot of, uh, you know, spit. So mm-hmm. uh I like I liked it. I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can track down this other one or track down a blend because I think that would be kind of interesting. Um, the food that they recommend to pair with all of it. What would you guess uh, Middle Eastern food recommendations for pairing are? Lamb. Yes. <laughs> yeah, lamb. <laughs> lamb or or it's does say uh, in in other countries uh, spicy mutton or um, barbecued uh, beef dishes. So that's another thing. So that, that might mean actually, and I, that does make sense because gamay is often recommended to eat with barbecue, like sweet barbecue. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I recommend trying it out. It's just kind of neat, and I, I was yeah. I was happy to find something new. Nice. Uh, did you have any idea of the year of the vintage? Uh, yeah. So that it was a it was a twenty nineteen. So I wrote it down. Hmm. Okay. You know what's funny about it is it is from Turkey, but the name of the winemaker is Daniel O'Donnell, which is not a Turkish name. No. So it's like I'm wondering Irish guy. Yeah, yeah. It's like an Irish guy who moved <laughs> to Turkey, I guess, and became a winemaker, which I think is kind mm-hmm. of interesting. But you know, yeah. uh Hans Hans Hermann Hoppe lives in Turkey, so I yeah, mean there's Europeans like- that live there. Yeah, and Turkey was like for a long time like a very vibrant economy, but like it was all nonsense. You know, just all mm-hmm. like inflation. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So I hope I hope more of this gets out because it's interesting. And uh I would be I'd be curious to try more of it. It has a very handsome label too. The label it was like a black label with um I don't know what it is that's on it, but it's like a little silver, sort of looks like a mortar and pestle, but it could be like a flower or something like that. Um <laughs> That's like a, a pretty like a very stylized a, flower. Yeah, I was gonna say that's a pretty pretty like broad uh, possibility. But like, what's interesting is because usually, like, 
usually you're pretty good at visually describing something. So yeah. like that's a very stylized thing if you don't recognize it immediately, unless it's one of those things where it's like, this was made to look like this other thing. And it's like very common in Turkey. And it's like, oh yeah, it's made to look like a flower, but it is a mortar and pestle, you know, like one of those things. Yeah. Yeah. And it could be, it could be something like that. I, I don't really know. It also kind of maybe looks like a chess piece, um, mm-hmm. like a, like a pawn, but like huh. but where the base of the pawn is turned upside down. So I don't know. It's, it's a weird item. <laughs> I can send it to you in the chat just because it, yeah, it is an interesting that, thing. Yeah. Like, I don't I know trying- what it is. But I was trying to like picture that and I was just like, nope. Uh, yeah, it looks so, like this. Uh, oh, you sent it in T. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I would definitely say that's like a mortar and pestle. But yeah, like yeah. there's a, it's like into like a wine or not a wine, but like um, it's like into a uh, coin purse because it's got right. like a yeah. lip like you would imagine. Like you'd roll over yeah, your hands yeah, and you dump money like, in. Uh, Maybe it's like a like a stylized amphora or something like that, like an old. Hmm. I don't know what it is, it's, but it's kind I mean, of an interesting. It can also thing. be good. The, the label's cool. Yeah, it looks like oh, you know, yeah. one of those. It looks like the image was made by taking one side and just reversing it completely. Like yeah. somebody didn't draw this whole shape; like they drew half and then they just reversed it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's possible. Yeah, oh, it's cool. So, I, I I thought I was I thought it was a good wine. If you ever check, if you ever, you don't. It wouldn't even if this specific one is not available. If you if anybody listening sees Oku's uh, Gozu grape, check it out because it's it's interesting. Yeah. You might find out you like it. I'm gonna kind of add it to my rotation of things that if I see it, I'll buy it. Sort of mm-hmm. like uh, you know some of the other kind of weird ones that I like. Um, that well, you too. That uh, the uh, from Chile, um, Carmenere. Mm-hmm. Or uh, what is it, Mukuzani from uh, Georgia? Mm-hmm. Uh, Skelly is, I think, the white one that's from yeah. over there that we like. Skelly, uh, like Arcat, yeah, so. yeah. So those are you know added to my list of just kind of odd grape varietals that are good and kind of fun to pick up. Nice. Yeah. So what were you so- drinking? two so, weeks ago <laughs> well, this is <laughs> that we didn't get to maybe four weeks or three weeks ago so um you know we we started going to wegman's locally because the kroger started doing construction and my wife couldn't find anything that she was looking for and like i already kind of hated kroger because like you get these land cow like land whales that like just kind of wander into the middle of the aisle and stop and it's like you can't get around them and you like and then they're always putting extra stuff in the aisles like to like stop like people from like moving to a breast down them right or like passing like it it just it's so baffling to me and so we started going to Wegmans and Wegmans is weird because it's like it's kind of like how Walmart is like I don't think you ever grocery shop at Walmart and it's not that we necessarily grocery shop at Walmart, but I grocery shop at Walmart because Wegmans will just routinely not have something. And it's not like it may be that they don't have it. Like it's sold out or we just can't find it. So like we went in there the other day and I I'm pro I'm sure we just missed it, 
but like they had like two varieties of soft tacos and like Hinterlands has like a pretty sizable Hispanic population. Yeah. Most of the grocery stores have like a pretty large selection or no, we forgot to look at all, but I went to like Harris Teeter later to get them and they didn't have it. So, but like one of the things that Wegman has is a very extensive wine selection. Mm. It's like total wine almost. It's super huge. And they have a lot of stuff that isn't necessarily available at total wine, but it's not really like, cause I'm always going with my wife and daughter. I can't just peruse. Right. But their price point is usually pretty good. Maybe. Cause like, so, you know, I'm walking down the aisle and I'm like, like, okay, I want like a temper Neo or I wanted something red. I wanted like, I really wanted a Chilean wine. I was kind of like hoping to get Carmenere and yeah. I couldn't, it, I'm sure it's there. I just couldn't find it at the time. So I see this bottle and it's like really nondescript. It's just like a, like kind of a, did you ever uh, take like white paper and put it in a like tea to get it to like look old? Oh yeah. Yeah. And then where yeah. you put like lemon, lemon juice on it and cook it in the oven yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, so this this kind of looked like that. I mean, it wasn't like a super aged, but it was that colorish, and it just had red writing on it. And it was uh, Ramirez de la Pesquina Selección Reserve 2013 Tempranillo. And the things that like caught my attention was Tempranillo mm-hmm. and a Reserva. And so you know, it's not Grand Reserva; it's Reserva, but it's a 2013. And I'm oh, like, that is pretty old. Yeah, and I was like, that's pretty old. Even though it's not a Grand Reserva or, you know, like any of that stuff. It's just Reserva. So I was like, okay. Um, and it was like 20 bucks. So I was like, okay, let me get this. It's super old. Um, either it'll be really mellow or it'll be <laughs> really aggressive. One of the two. So I get it home. I open it up and it's really light like by comparison to a lot of like normal tempranillo like i didn't think it really needed to be aired out at all and you know it's super dark like in color and smell kind of jammy red grape you know kind of standard tempranillo smell and um like the taste it wasn't like pinot uh noir where it's like a ghost it just yeah. was really light tempranillo like on the first glass, the second glass was a little more aggressive. It, you know, it did have some like lingering late acidity and kind of those notes, but overall it wasn't like super impressive, but it also was not disappointing. You know what I mean? Like for 20 bucks, I was like, okay, this is, uh, you know, a nine, not a, yeah, nearly a nine year old wine and, like, this is fun. And I was happy to have had it. Uh, but I probably wouldn't buy it again because I'm always willing to try another Tempranillo just to sure. see just to see how it is. And, yeah. you know, if somebody was like, oh, I've got this one. Have you ever had it? I'd be like, yeah, it's fine. And I would drink it. But, like, it wouldn't be one where I'm like, hey, go and cork that one if somebody had, like, right. a, a small, like, Tempranillo uh, cellar or something. Um you know, it may have gone better if I had like a 
like a fattier meat or something like that to kind of give the acidity something to work with. Um, but again, like I'm not like going like I want my money back. And that's the thing is it may have been 1399, but it was no more than $20 before tax. So I was like, mm-hmm. okay. So yeah. Well, it sounds pretty good. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, that is uh, very good reviews. I think we haven't done <laughs> wine <laughs> reviews in a while. So I feel, I feel yeah. good that we actually uh, did it. Um, I did also from, from a drinking perspective, actually this will, I think this will be a, a kind of a good lead in, I think to um, the news article that I had, which actually, let me pull that back up. Because, well, if you're uh, going to do a lead into a news article, I do okay. have a new alcoholic drink okay. that I've not seen before. Okay. So, as you know, um, back in September, late September was my daughter's birthday. And literally every weekend since then, one of the kids in her class has a birthday. Okay. And every one of the, like, so we did my daughter's party from 10 to two and we had like a Casey Engling and we had like two like Rose style, like wine, like can wines by four, you know what I mean? So it was like eight can wines and then like a 30 pack of Yingling. And you know, my wife was like, Oh, people are think we're going to think they're, we're the drunk parents or whatever. And I was like, whatever. And every other one has had alcohol too. And some of them have been like multiple bottles of wine available. Not that like multiple bottles of wine got drank, right? Well, different types of wine, seltzers, that sort of stuff. But this new one had hard Italian soda. Oh, that's interesting. I've never heard that. Let me tell you, like we used to get like a, like when we went to Kroger, we would occasionally get these glass bottle of like just standard Italian sodas. Okay. And I love them because like the carbonated they yeah, I mean, they have probably more sugar than I want, um, mm-hmm. but they're not caffeinated. Okay. And I think they're, I think they're the bee's knees. Like I love them a lot. Yeah. And they're like, we were down in Ghent at like this indoor sportsplex, which okay. just was really like a large, like a miniature warehouse with just like um, AstroTurf down. But like they had a little area where the kids could play soccer. They had these blown up nerf, like kind of like football pilings. Like you would imagine like kids bouncing through for football and then a boatload of nerf guns and that's kind of cool. Like dodgeballs. Like it was just like from three to six year olds, just kids running around having a blast and they had these hard Italian sodas and I had one and I was just like, this is a revelation. And it was like the lemonilla or like, it was like a lemon one. And, um, it was just, I was like, this is great. Like I, you guys can have the hard seltzer. I'll take, <laughs> I'll take the, like a couple of these. And it was like 4.25% alcohol. Okay. So, yeah, that's not bad. you know, if you wanted something like small to relax on, but you're not like wanting to get trashed and it was just like, and it was like, and it's such a nice looking can and they had like a blood orange, a lemon, oh, okay. and they had this other one. Like I didn't see what it was, but it was a, uh, yeah, it was and I was just like, oh, all right. <laughs> I, thought so. I would actually, I'd try that. It's I, the, the lemon flavor from Italian products. I tend to like a lot. Um, yeah. 
like le- the lemon gelato that that uh, mm-hmm. they used to have at that place that place downtown there in Virginia Beach. Um, is it is it called Confetti? I think that's the one you're thinking of. Yeah, this yeah. is Bravazi uh, is the name okay. of the brand. Okay, I might look that up. I wonder if they have that at the uh, Total Wine or something here. Yeah, they have like a Clementine Blood Orange Lemon and a Grapefruit. So, oh, like I all, pretty all much think I like, like I was gonna say like I think they hit your flavor profile completely. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I do like the citrus the citrus flavors quite a bit. Yeah. Um, I didn't have any new types of drinks, but we went to a brewery that I like, um, called uh, false idol. Mm-hmm. I kept, I kept referring to it as devil's backbone and I knew it was some other sort of Satan thing. So <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Oh, some sort of devil thing. Uh, and we went over there yesterday after, um, we went to the pumpkin patch, uh, which was fun. I, you know, I don't know. I think because I don't have kids, like so we we were there and we were watching like other people have fun with their kids and stuff. And I was like, this would mm-hmm. be a lot more fun if we had kids, but it's also kind of boring otherwise. <laughs> and it was fifteen dollars to get in, and I was like, I don't know if I want if like fifteen dollars is worth me coming in here to not buy a pumpkin because we weren't going to buy one there anyways. And then, uh. I mean, it was fun to hang out with our friends, I guess, but it was, I just kind of, while I was there, I was like, I think we probably should have skipped this part and just gone out to ramen with them afterwards and then to the brewery. But so uh, like, so Will and his wife, I'm assuming went. Yeah. Yeah. Will, Will and his wife and, uh, Adaman, uh, on Twitter while well, he's not on Twitter anymore, but, uh, you've met him before at Childeberg mm-hmm. and yeah. his wife and, uh, this other guy that we know, Tyler, who uh, lives up kind of far away so he, he came down and we we were there for a little while and victoria got kind of bored pretty quickly and uh and i'm always kind of fine just you know being around mm-hmm. uh but i'm also you know i'm very doting on victoria so when she was starting to get uncomfortable like that started to make me uncomfortable and then uh i was like and then i started going like well it's 15 bucks to get in i don't know if we should have done this or if we should have just met later with them at a different place. <laughs> but like, so, and like, I might not be thinking of a pumpkin patch correctly. Like did they, there was other things there besides just the ability to buy pumpkins, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was like a, they had like a corn maze that was, oh, you know, okay. you, uh, and like a hay ride and some petting animals and things like that. Um, but it was just kind of, I don't know. It was one of the, it was just sort of, I don't know. Like I have, I, I think I'd be kind of pissed at $15. Yeah. It was 15 bucks, which was kind of expensive. And they only took cash. That was the other thing that kind of bothered me about it. So like the, I, I was a little bit soured when we got there cause they would only take cash and that sort mm-hmm. of bothered me cause I don't carry cash very often. And then, uh, I guess the other part that was sort of, well, none of it was irritating. It was, it was like, I recognized while we were there that I was like, if I had a kid, or kids, this would be a lot more fun. Mm. But since it's just a bunch of adults, it's kind of boring. <laughs> yeah, like that's the uh, that's kind I don't of know, the I, thing. Like I, I used to love doing that type of stuff when I was a little kid, but as an adult, like that going and going to like Christmas Village or 
you know, the pumpkin patch or something like that. It's like, these are all things that are kind of really fun when you have kids. And when you don't, it's sort of like awkward. Yeah. Or like you're taking your niece or nephew or like, um, I don't know. Like if you were with Luke and his family. What's that? Like, I was saying like that, like if you were taking your niece, you know, like they were in town. Can you hear me? You, you, I I don't know if I'm cutting in and out or if you're cutting in and out. I can I can kind of hear you in and out. Uh, how's this? Hang on, let me check my internet. Okay, I can hear you typing. All right, how's that? Okay, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> Phantom Tom Woods and Dark Tom Woods. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So what I was saying is like, uh, like that would be fun if like you had gone with like Luke and his family, because there's uh-huh. the the four kids and like, or like you went with your niece, like you right. know, yeah. and having your own kids would be fun. But yeah, that's one of those things where it's like, whose idea was it to go to a pumpkin patch for fifteen bucks? Um. I don't know. I mean, we, we we went last year and I don't, I don't know. We just, we went last year and it was fine. And this year, the same thing. It's like, I don't want to, I don't want to act like it was like the worst thing ever. It was fine. It was just like, but to me, it was just like kind of expensive for, I don't know, for adults. Yeah. Well, like, I mean, that'd be different if like you guys were part of like a church group and it was like right. you guys were going to have a pumpkin carving contest, or like yeah. the tide, like the DFW Libertarians were meeting as like a you know thirty person strong thing to get pumpkins to then right. go have like a pumpkin carving contest. Mm-hmm. So it was like, hey, you got to pick a pumpkin from this place. They're known for having great pumpkins, and you know we're then then going to go do a contest. But like for you know just six ish adults. Yeah, it, it seems like well, just kind of yeah, it's a little bit weird and a little expensive for yeah. Support. But I mean, the thing is, it, it was fun. I think it, it's fun because it's fun to go pick out your own pumpkin. But mm-hmm. at the same time, like we we just didn't buy one there, and yeah. uh, we probably if we get one, we'll get one at Kroger, uh, and just carve it because carving the pumpkin's fun. But uh, you know, it is what it is. But uh, well, I mean, what, as I, the, as I the reason, say, like we oh, we we go to a church pumpkin one church patch like around the corner and it's free except for the cost of the pumpkin so (laughs) but there's not all that other stuff so that makes sense yeah well the reason that uh this came up and i i like if if uh adamant or will if you're listening i'm not complaining that it was boring (laughs) uh because i had a good time afterwards when we went out to the the um ramen place and when we went to the brewery uh, but one of the things that I've been noticing a lot lately is how much more appropriate alcohol culture is, like mainstream alcohol culture is. Like there's now in this town where uh, I don't remember which town it is. It's one of the one of the cities between Dallas and Fort Worth. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's an Oktoberfest, and it's kind of billed as a family event, um, and it's got you know a whole bunch of different beers and stuff like that there. And then there is uh, in there was an Oktoberfest in Fort Worth at Panther Island, which a bunch of beers and stuff. And it's also a very family thing. And when I was a kid, unless and and granted, I will I'll give this caveat: my parents didn't drink, and they were 
I wouldn't say anti-alcohol exactly, but not very fond of it uh, as a thing. And also did not think it was at all children appropriate to be drinking around kids. Mm-hmm. And, um, but when we were driving and I saw this and I think there was like one or two other things that were, that was similar, like where there were different types of festivals that were being advertised that were alcohol centric, but were kind of billed as family events. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's kind of interesting. And it sort of ties into what I wanted to talk about with Mason, which is kind of this uh, idea that maybe uh, like America is adopting alcohol culture, which we've never really, or we've really kind of had anti-alcohol culture or if, or the part of our culture that was alcohol was considered low class or like sort of uh yeah, I guess low class is the best way to describe it. And uh, the article I have is related to this, but also I've noticed that more and more kind of mainstream restaurants are now starting to offer alcohol. And the article is about Cracker Barrel is seeking a, a liquor permit in Ohio to start selling beer and wine with their Cracker Barrel food, <laughs> which I like Cracker Barrel, but it's not like the fanciest food ever. So like I wouldn't mm-hmm. – I wouldn't think of ordering like a glass of wine or, or a beer. I mean, a beer, I guess maybe, but like, it's just not what I, I don't think of ordering that with Cracker Barrel food. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think of like juice or coffee or something like that with Cracker Barrel. Um, and it's just kind of an odd thing, but like, that's what I guess the topic that I thought we would do is, um, have you noticed this? And do you think that our culture is changing? Like we'd, Obviously, we don't have like pub culture or anything, but it does seem that there's a lot of there's a lot more like socially acceptable family drinking culture now than there used to be, at least in from my perspective. So, so Cinema Cafe used to be the Cinema Draft House, and the whole thing was you could have a beer while seeing a movie, right. and like it was the Cinema Draft House. Obviously, for much less of my life, but long enough that I remember my friend who was Muslim, or like his family is Muslim, he wasn't allowed to go. And when they changed it to Cinema Cafe, he was allowed to go. Um, I also, like my parents, like my mom didn't drink as frequently as she does now when I was little, cause like she worked at night. So, you know, she wasn't like, she, like when she was home, like she didn't have like a beer every night or anything like that. Um, but like my parents did drink. And so this is one of those things where I don't necessarily think you're wrong. I think you're definitely noticing something, but I think it's much more out in the open. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I think what people are, I think there's kind of this weird middle ground now with like the millennials where Mm -hmm. if they can't bring their kids to the event, they're not doing it. So like, I'll I'll get back to that in a second. But like, to me, like you remember back in the super, like, like, I don't think your dad's a big sports guy and I don't think your mom's a big sports lady. Not really. But do you remember like the hype around the Super Bowl commercials? Yeah, and and we would sometimes tune in to 
really yeah. just the commercials. Like we'd maybe turn on the Super Bowl and have it on in the background, but nobody really cared about the game. Exactly. So like, but at like for a while there, like the Budweiser commercial was very popular. Was yeah, like very the, big. The one with, the, the with, frogs, the, with the frogs. Yeah. Frogs or the Clydesdales. Um, right. Yeah. You know, that was a big thing. And Bush Gardens here was a amusement park by Anheuser-Busch. That's true. Yeah. Now, as a kid, I didn't necessarily know that it was like the booze company. You know what I mean? Like, but to me, like, and it, it might be a difference between East Coast, West Coast, maybe. Mm-hmm. Like, I think alcohol culture is more prevalent out here, like, almost, you know, especially like in Hampton Roads, you know, non, like, non um, chain restaurants. Mm-hmm. Like, it's very rare that a place doesn't serve alcohol here in some way. You know what I mean? Like, that's not like McDonald's or Denny's, but like all yeah. of the seafood joints serve beer. They've well, always served makes beer. Sense. Yeah. Like that so, type of restaurant, I think that's always been there. I just, the, like Cracker Barrel is kind of like Denny's. No, no, no. I, I yeah. agree with Cracker Barrel. That is a very kind of shocking thing, but it also, to me, it's kind of one of those things where like, it's surprising that they didn't beforehand. Yeah. Almost in, in it. I think it's because Cracker Barrel's model was like, cause my mom and grandmother before there was a Cracker Barrel in Virginia beach, multiple times tried to find a way to get Cracker Barrel to come to Virginia beach because Cracker Barrel used to only put a location. If you could see their big sign from the highway. Right. And the one in Virginia beach, you can't see the sign from the highway. It's so far away from the highway. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think like there's a, that demographic shift, but I think that's one of those things. It's like, you know, like the explosion of craft beer. Mm-hmm. And I think like drinking was a much more common and prevalent thing before prohibition. Yeah. So I, I don't, think so too. yeah, I don't think necessarily that America is developing a drinking culture. I think America's always had a drinking culture, but what I think is different now is what Americans are drinking. Like, I don't, we don't have the hard data in front of us, but like, you know, how much of hard liquor sales has been cannibalized by the introduction of things like hard seltzers and things like that, where it's, Mm -hmm. you know, much less people, um, drinking like this super heavy, like just get trashed immediately thing because you've got to put this much liquor in you because like, you know, they stop serving at a certain point, like the, all that classic, you know, issues that prohibition created where people drank hard liquor, you mm-hmm. know, but like, if you think about like, I, like I have a feeling in like a lot of the older movies, like the, not the family family movies, but like people did drink and smoked, right. but it was like, they drank liquor. <laughs> so it could be that they're drinking apple juice. You know, it was like, yeah. it wasn't like they were drinking a bunch of beer, but like you had all the, like, you know, the Westerns and people were drinking all the time in the Westerns, but it was like, because right. it was historic, it wasn't like modern day saying people were drunks. So, um, yeah, I, I think like you, we really at that point where people are like, yeah, I'm not going to your Oktoberfest if I can't, if it's not family friendly, like, right. 
I'm going to have a beer or two and that's just what it is. But like my kids need to have something to do. And I don't know if it's that kind of like pawn your kids off, like how many like gyms used to have like the little play area and uh, right. like Hanes or the grocery furniture. store used to have those. Yeah. Like the grocery store used to have that, like where you could like put your kid in the little daycare center with, you know, some check cashier chick or something. And yeah, then you Hanes go furniture used to have that. Oh, like weird. Big. Yeah. Like they had this like, weird in the center like little thing like that way back in the day so a few times my parents went went into Haynes um but like I think that's kind of the thing where you know like my my wife and I often like like I've got cousins who have kids on my dad's side and they're always posting about like stuff they're doing with the kids Right. And it's like, they're not like the people who are like, oh, here we are in Peru paragliding. And like, here we are, like, you know, here's, you know, Harley riding a Harley. And it's like just the kids somehow riding a Harley Davidson by themselves. Like, you know, just that right. crazy stuff like people are always posting. But it, to me, it seems like, you know, and this isn't like a good thing. This isn't a bad thing. It's just a different observation. Like, we don't have a babysitter. Like, my daughter goes over to my parents' house, but like, we don't like my wife and I don't go out generally on date nights. Like right. we've been scrambling, trying to figure out how we're going to go see Dune because we both want to see right. it in theaters. But like, mm-hmm. you know, my neighbors across the street, they don't have a babysitter except for their oldest daughter. And even then they don't really have her do babysitting. Like, right. And you know, you talk about like basically walking out the door and when you were a kid and just being like, I'll be back when the sun comes down. And then, you know, you're yeah. kind of like, I'm not saying you were pushing it, but like, I remember that you're like, Oh crap. The streetlights are on. I was supposed to be home. Right. And realistically, you're, you know, your parents aren't going to care because you're like, it's clear. Like, you, you know, you started cycling from the top of the neighborhood and like, yeah, it's, it's not an issue. Yeah. But like now parents like, you know, where's my kid? Like they got to know where their kid is all the time. So I think like these events that adults used to just go away to, as opposed to like, Oh, go away to And you know, like, Oh, get a babysitter or something like that. It's like, no, 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 we're going to drink, bring our kids. And I think that's one of those things like, and this is going to be like a, it's going to be a stretch, but I think that's kind of the thing about inflation right now is mm-hmm. like these events are expensive and they get away with charging more because like you can bring your kid and have stuff like that because it's like near impossible to get a babysitter. And it's also, you know, (laughs) there's nowhere near as many kids like in that, like I, you know, our generation might be having more kids than the generation just that, you know, cause like we're just outside of the millennial or we're in just in the millennial generation, but like the edge of the one, at before us like not the deep yeah. part but like that edge didn't seem to really have kid a lot of kids so there's yeah, not a lot, a lot of, of the, yeah a lot of the kind of younger gen xers are kind of yeah like kidless yeah. or like had a kid late had a kid in our generation right our kids generation and you're and it's kind of like oh and, and i'm gonna use all that too it's like i we don't i don't have kids and i'm almost you know i'm 34 i'll be 35 in a couple months so yeah and, and that's the thing is like you know, by the time, you know, it's possible by the time you're really having kids and needing a babysitter, like my daughter would be babysitting age. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we don't like my, our neighbor across the street, her daughter 
could definitely babysit at this point and we'd pay her to do it, but like she's super involved in softball now and, you know, just stuff like that. And we don't, we just don't have a babysitter mainly because my parents live in town and my sister does, and they're always willing to see her. Um, but like there's that like kind of insidious, like form of inflation. Cause like, you know, people used to have like either your family lived in your house. Cause like, you know, you lived with your parents and then it kind of became your house when the parents couldn't really upkeep the house, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. So you always had a family babysitter or you're rich enough to have like an au pair or sure. like some sort of like care like that. And now like, you know, it's like we were paying the neighbor kid like 20 bucks to come let the dog out and walk the dog uh, during the week in the summer. And like, I can't imagine what babysitters are charging for like an evening. And like, yeah. you know, I like my sister used to get paid like 60 bucks for the month, <laughs> you know, and like, like you were saying, yeah, like, you know, you, I can't remember what I used to get paid. Yeah. yeah. I used to babysit like, the, cause there was a lot of like, boys in the in the uh neighborhood and they thought it would be more fun for them if a boy watched them mm-hmm. uh because you know i you know played video games and you know yeah. would do i was and also didn't really care if they were roughhousing and that kind of stuff whereas like if one of my sisters watched them they she probably one, none of my sisters would have cared that much either but uh you know there yeah. it was just an easier thing but i don't i don't i don't remember how much i charged i think it i think it was like three bucks an hour or something like that. Like, yeah. And even, you know, even, even then you weren't like entrepreneurial about it per se. Like, it's not like you're right. making up flyers and like trying to no, come no. up with the best rate and like, you know, all these references, like you were just being helpful and also making some money. But yeah. like, that's the thing to me is like, it's, we're at that point where like people bring their kids everywhere because they kind of have to. And to yeah, me, that's actually a good point. I didn't think about that. Is that it may be it may be a cost thing because you've got both parents working, and mm-hmm. if you want to go do something, and you're kind of already sort of on the on the struggling end of. I mean, but the thing is, like, we did stuff together a lot as well when I was a kid. Although we did have a babysitter too in the neighborhood. We had Sarah Woodrum and uh, Nikki. Uh, I can't remember what Nikki's last name is. Nikki next door, but. Uh, like those were our kind of our main babysitters. If for some reason my mom needed a babysitter or my grandparents weren't available or something, <clears throat> but, but uh, like that's, but that's also the yeah. thing is like, you know, you like your mom having to like get all the kids in the car. Cause like, yeah. if you think about it now, there's no way your parents could have had that many kids and then been able to legally transport them anywhere. Yeah, I mean, like, the, min, the minivan. I mean, yeah, uh, that's what we had. Is we all piled into the van. I mean, yeah, we were really like, young. <laughs> yeah, we probably shouldn't have been driving around the way we were driving around sometimes. Well, yeah, no, I guess but that's I mean, not true because we had we had the golf and the golf, but we only had three kids when we had the golf. So, yeah, but like kids are supposed to be in like so many of those weird seat contraptions, and that's what oh, I mean. Is yeah, like, I forgot about that. Yeah, like, and I don't mean like your parents wouldn't have like found a way to get them. But like, yeah. you know, it, it would have been like 90 different seats and attachments and all these like adjustments. And like, you know, my little brother like outgrew it by the time he was like two and a half. Yeah. So like, you know, like he was ma- monster size kid. Um, and he stalled out for a long time. And now he's like, Oh man, like 
he went from like 208 to like 178. Like he oh, wow. dialed in his like eating to like control his weight. Like he like looked great last time I saw him the other week, but you know, you, you get this, all this crazy stuff people are doing. And like, to me, it's kind of a sign. And this may be like, also, you know, if you're like, so there's a, like, have you read, um, how to win friends and influence people? Yeah. So like, there's a, there's the like little poem in it from the dad who basically like snapped at his kid for being a kid. Mm hmm. And, you know, the, like the dad's like, oh, I'm going to endeavor to play in your games and do all that stuff. Like, that's one of the things is like with both parents having to work, like, you know, like, I, like everyone's always like, my wife's always like, I don't know. I don't understand people who say that they need a break from their kids. And, and it's in part because we both work because like, right. whenever, like, we're never there with her 24 seven. She also goes to school. Yeah. But for those who think I'm sending her to private school or public school, nope, <laughs> private school yeah. all the way. So, but like, that's the thing is like, my wife is very reticent to not have her around on the weekends and that yeah. sort of thing because she doesn't get to spend like all that mom time with her like, right. during the day and things like that. And it's not that like guys aren't always like, I like being around my daughter and stuff like that, but I also do like being able to take my wife out and go, you know, not be like romantic, like, Oh, like we're kissing in the street or something like that, but kind of enjoy a little bit of the, t the life we had before we had my daughter with the idea that when we get to go home or when we get to go pick her up, we have her again, you know, you yeah. know, it's like, yeah. Like, you want to go on a date? Like, well, yeah, it's kind of like being yeah. away from the dogs. Yeah. Like you love having them, but at a certain point, it's not that you need a break from them. It's nice to be able to be away for a little bit. And then when you come back, it's like, oh yeah, like I love being around them. Like that's why I have them. I'm You're reminded how good it is. So there also might be that too, where like the family doesn't get as much family time, but like, you know, it was always that classic, like 90 sitcom dad doesn't know how to deal with the kids and he's always like trying to get away from them and he's never there. And it was never like kind of like your dad's situation where it's like, yeah, like I'm working all the time to put food on the table. It's not right. that yeah. I don't want to be around my kids. This is literally what like our life situation is. And like, they always kind of make that seem like, Oh, the dopey dad doesn't know what's up in his kid's life and how shitty is he? And it's like, yeah, you forced him to have to work this way by inflating the currency into nothing. Like, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, that's um, it's this good a good point. I just I've just noticed it a lot lately that it's that there's just and and also I, I am also aware that this is a, a large part just the way I was raised, mm -hmm. um, which I think I've mentioned, but uh, that there's just so much more things that are adult or what I would have considered adult things when I was younger <clears throat> that, that are not necessarily bad things, but just separate from being things for kids. And, but now they're kind of like family meshed together things like that. Like the, I just, I just wouldn't think about bringing kids to an Oktoberfest. <laughs> like, yeah, but like, like that just, the, would just be like a bizarre thing. 
but like the traditional German Oktoberfest is a town festival. Sure, but like, it's not an American with, town festival. So it's a, correct, it's a different like, thing. But German is the like so statistically German is the highest predomination of like European. Yeah. Um so it's not that it isn't but that sort of like you know town festival it happens to be like known for its alcohol consumption but that's not like there's way more to Oktoberfest than that. And but that's just the thing that makes the headline. So yeah. that's one of those ones where and this also might be like you are very observant about stuff like this in the culture, but it also might yeah. be that you guys have a time frame that I yeah. think is a little more solid. And then with some of the other stuff you've been up to, like to me, it seems like some of the other barriers that kind of kept moving the time frame might be not like coming down and like going away, but like you guys are getting closer to when you're actually going to have kids. Right. So then you start kind of noticing that stuff like, Oh wait, what about these things for kids? And it's like, wait a minute, like have kids always been showing up to this? Are yeah, like, that, that, were these, yeah. and, and that also, and this might be a fair, another part is it may have been that kids would have been welcome at these in the entire time, but the law didn't allow it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the, like, you know, like back in the day, like, do you remember getting like the X's on your hands? Like, did you, like, I don't think you, did you go to many like concert concerts? Uh, no, not really. I was going to say, I think that's the only thing you and I have not done together besides go to an amusement park. Yeah. Like we've been to the beach. Well, we haven't been to a pool together, but we've definitely gone to the beach. We've, I mean, you know, all sorts of stuff like that. Yeah. But like. I remember going to concerts and it's like, you got to get like the X on your, you know, your hands if you couldn't drink. Right. And it's like, I'm not even interested in having a drink. Right. And I think like at least one time, like I got there and the guy was like, are you 21? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, oh, you want to risk, you know, like, well, here's a wristband. I was like, no, just give me the X's. He's like, what do you mean? It's like, I just, I don't want to have that stupid wristband on and I'm not interested in drinking. Like thirty-eight dollar yeah. beers. Like, I don't want one, and they're not beer I want. So, I think I've definitely done that before. But like that, you know, it used to be like kids couldn't. You couldn't have a kid in a certain place, like bars. Like no one That's under true. twenty-one. And you're like, you serve hamburgers and hot dogs here. It's not like just a drinking drinking establishment, like. I can't come in and have like a beer and my kids here. And so like, I don't know if the law changed or what, but like, that's a, another good point is, you know, did they, and like, this is one of those things where like, what's so insidious about progressivism sometimes is like, I think social mores like that, where like progressives created prohibition, Mm -hmm. but then conservatives like kept up the like pressure for it. Right. Or like, and I don't mean like Christians kept it up, but like kind of that like almost evangelical, like mom spirit. Like that's the only way I could describe it is like, you know, mom's ruining everything. And like, it's everyone that was always be like, Oh, it's the Christians, you know, it, like it didn't like practically make sense, but it was always kind yeah. of that excuse people would give. 
And well, you know, the, <clears throat> that makes sense. And one of the things in that book, The Fourth Turning, that I read a couple of weeks ago or a month, couple of months ago, I guess at this point, <laughs> that they talked about was that the the way that the 70s and 80s were set up was it was set up by the generation of people who everything was for them when they were kids. And so mm-hmm. they came into adulthood and just were like, well, everything is for us. And they had a very, the, the boomers, they had a very themselves centric thing. And so mm-hmm. in the book, they talk about this, that, that they basically created that divide of, and I didn't think about this until you just started talking about it a little bit. They sort of, the boomers sort of created that divide of, there's a kid's space and there's an us space and we don't really want the kids around while we're in our space. And that so that sort sense. of created that separation. Yeah. Um, yeah, and maybe do. that's just the milieu that I grew up in. And so I just was like, well, this is the way it is, is that there's adult things and there's kids things and they don't go together. But according to them in the 1950s, it was much more, well, all of the adults were just very focused on the kids. And so everything was just about kids. Well, like, so do you remember, I'm sure you've seen it, A Christmas Story? The the one with the, you'll shoot your eye out, that one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've seen that. Like, the dad, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's the classic, people are like, how old is this guy in it? And you're like, he's 35. And he's like, he looks like he's 72. <laughs> like, yeah. the dad in that looks so much older. And I think they well, purposely- you know- I I think I brought this up is like the first season of Cheers, the main character, Sam, mm-hmm. he, he was 30 when that show started and he looks old. Yeah. Ted Danson. <laughs> yeah. But like, but he, but he basically looks the same now as he did then just with gray hair. Yeah. Like white hair now. Yeah. Yeah. It's just weird. Yeah. It's like yeah. people just looked really old back then. Well, and I think that's kind of the thing is like, people were thinner and for the most part, like people who were on TV were thinner. Um, Mm -hmm. but also, you know, there was a lot of smoking and and drinking and like, but that's the thing that I kind of wonder about is like, you hear about like, cause I listen to a lot of true time podcasts and they're like, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like the kid was in the bar or something like that. And you're like, yeah. When the fuck were kids allowed in bars? And then like, now I look at it, I'm like, who would kick a kid out of a bar? Like no one's serving a kid drinks. So that like idea of like the seventies and eighties being like kind of that like pressure valve where like people are like, Oh no, there's parent things. And then there's kid things. But I also seem to think like my grandmother on my dad's side, like she was kind of all about the kids, but my Mm -hmm. grandfather, it's not that he wasn't, but like he was, like his dad had died when he was young. So, and he grew up with the neighbors. Like he just literally went to live with the neighbors. That's kind of interesting. And it's not like, you know, like when you lived in like the Betsy Ross house and I lived over in town center. Yeah. It's not like that. They were literally right next door. Like he he could see his actual family have dinner while he ate dinner with the neighbors. It was like, what? So like, you know, but he ended up going into the army and everything like that. But like, I always kind of got the impression that like, it's not that my granddad didn't love my dad and like do, but like he, 
he didn't know how to like necessarily throw the football. Sure. But like he could have filled stripped a rifle and beat you to death with it. <laughs> but, he, <laughs> but he wasn't like GI Joe, you know, he right. was a like late forties and middle fifties up until kind of Vietnam army officer. Like yeah. he was support. Like he didn't fight in Korea, but like he was in the army during Korea and or like, I think maybe got out. No, he didn't get out in Korea, but like he managed to avoid anything in Korea, but like, and then like when Vietnam started, he had the opportunity to go to Vietnam and like, he was a Lieutenant Colonel and he would become a full Colonel because he was like a half bird Colonel as they call it, but he would have been a full Colonel. And they were basically like, yeah, you'll pretty much like, kind of insinuated he would have made general if he went to Vietnam and he was like, no, that's a shit show. Like he knew it was yeah. bad. And right. like my grandfather, like, and maybe cause he was from that generation of like, maybe he did have some PSD from world war two. I don't think yeah. so necessarily. Cause like he didn't see like direct upfront in the stuff combat. Like he was an artillery officer, but like that still is very traumatizing. Like, yeah. Well, also they found, they found now too that people who work on artillery often have TBI and from the yeah. concussion. So like yeah, maybe yeah. he had something from that. Oh yeah, because I mean, like definitely they weren't wearing any earphones or yeah, right, like that. Well, and and even like, even they're finding out even if you do wear earphones, just the pressure from just being yeah. around that is like it causes holes in your brain. Yeah, but like you know, I always felt that like he had a separate like things than the kids right and like that was kind of like you know take the wife on a date night you know that sort of like kind of the classic 40s and 50s marriage where like you know like leave it to beaver yeah they're there for the kids but they like it's not like the parents are like hey we're going out for the day with you on the weekend it's like yeah Get the well, hell out also, of the house. <laughs> and I would say probably the difference between like the the 50s and 60s would be that in the 70s and 80s, they would say, here's a key. We're going to be at work and then do something else afterwards. Let yourself back in. Whereas mm-hmm. in the 50s, that was not really a thing. Like there was always somebody at the house when the kids came home. And then if they were – um you know, somebody would watch them if the parents were going to go out on a date or something like that. Whereas the, the sort of the invention of the latchkey kid, but also though, if you go back even a further generation is that when you're a kid, you're in the coal mine, basically, you know, or, or whatever. Yeah. So like, it's just an interesting, I don't know. It's just an interesting to see how, and, and you know, like you said, I, I'm, I'm very observant when it comes to like this type of thing. And, and you're right. I am starting to think about it a lot more. Mm-hmm. Uh, just cause you know, we'll, we'll be having kids soon. And, uh, so I'm just kind of like, okay, well, like this is weird. And also when I was a child, this would not be acceptable at all, uh, for kids to be at that. And what do I think about that? Do I think it's okay to bring, you know, kids to Oktoberfest? Because really like when I look at what it is, it's basically like just bringing your kids to a, a, a carnival, like, or something, you know, it's, it's yeah. just, it's a carnival with beer. So you know, it's not any different really. Um, but also like on the other hand, I think I was raised very well and we never 
were around alcohol at all. And, and, but, and also kind of the way we were raised was it was, it was kind of a lower class thing. Uh, wine was for like fancy dinners and things like that. But like, if you're going to have a beer, it's usually in a bar or at like a lower class barbecue or something like that. And also there was mm-hmm. no craft beer at the time or anything. It was all just, you know, light beer and stuff like that, or Bud- Budweiser, that kind of stuff. But also, you know, we were pretty strict Christians. So, and a very particular type. So it, so yeah. I don't know, like it's, it's interesting how that kind of all sort of meshes together. I remember finding out like one of the, one of the uh, deacons at our church drank and I was like horrified. Like, Oh my gosh, he's a deacon. <laughs> and, or and another one smoked too. And I remember thinking that was just like an anathema, like just, Oh my gosh, a man of God smoking. <laughs> just yeah, they, just they, bizarre. They, it, like, and I don't mean like they're drunks in the Bible, but like, it's definitely not like they were sober. No, <laughs> yeah. no. But also, you and think like, about it too is like in in the Catholic Church, communion is wine, and it's part of it's part of that culture. Whereas mm-hmm. in a Southern Baptist church in California, it's grape juice. You don't you don't drink wine. They don't really talk about it much. Um, it's also California, so like cigarettes, and also bars are associated with cigarettes. So like it's California, so cigarettes are hugely taboo, um, and uh, and like the and your exposure to like people who drink and have cigarettes are like teenagers, and they're all bad because they're rebelling by smoking. You know, because you used to be able to buy cigarettes at sixteen in California, and like mm-hmm. really the only people you ever saw smoking were the teenagers you were afraid of. Because everybody else would do it secretly. <laughs> so, uh, well, both my parents smoked. So. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, but I've told you the story before. It's like when we got off, because there was no black people where I grew up either. And yeah. so when we got off the airplane, I remember walking out of the airport with my dad at like thirteen or whatever, and going, "Oh my god, dad, a black guy!" And he goes, "Jake, Jake, don't don't point." And then he's and the guy is smoking. I'm like, "Oh my god!" And he's smoking. <laughs> And my dad's like, yeah, people smoke here. It's the South. There's black people here and people smoke. Stop pointing. <laughs> I just remember yeah. that like very distinctly because it was like a, a huge shock to like sh- yeah. see somebody in public smoking. This is this is one of those things because like I've never actually met your dad. Yeah. So of all of the Jake stories, that's the one I want to hear his perspective from. Because like my dad grew up in California. My dad grew up in Southern California. Yeah. Beer and alcohol were totally a thing. Mm-hmm. Like, but also smoking, a different generation though. My dad yeah, is, is like, still in his mid fifties. Yeah. So, but like, that's the thing is like there, the thing that is always so surprising to me is how, like the how imbibed your area of California was with some of these progressive ideas, but not like it, I never get the feeling that it was like specifically because they were progressive. You know what I mean? Like the anti-smoking thing, like to me, that doesn't speak of like the mountains of California. You know what I mean? Like that somebody yeah. would be like that against smoking, especially somebody who didn't go to public school really. 
Well, but know, that like, was who that's who the people who homeschooled back then were. It was the sort of left wing hippies that, oh, yeah. I'm not gonna send my kids to corporate schools. Like they're it we're gonna do this and we're gonna feed them granola and or they're gonna be vegetarians and no red dye number six and like all that kind of stuff. That was the homeschool crowd. The very like health conscious, anti-drinking, anti-smoking. Um, a lot of times they were some sort of weird denomination of Christianity, like a like new age Christian fellowship or something weird like that. Um, and that was, that was who those people were. It's really kind of interesting to think back on like what the left wing used to be and how, how well it kind of meshed with the way I was raised because they were in a lot of ways, very conservative mm-hmm. um, or very conservative. is not the right way to describe it, but very, no, very were, conscious, very conservative. Yeah, like they, well, but it, but a, it wasn't conservative then because it was it was counterculture. So it was you know they don't eat McDonald's, they no drinking is a lot. Well, the drinking and smoking I don't think would be necessarily counterculture, but it was very very health conscious. Um, a lot of like the kind of like semi back to the land where like you know they were they were usually the parents of the of those kids were like maybe ten or fifteen years older than my parents. Yeah. And, they were kind of like yuppies. They were so like the, the dad was like a programmer or some sort of like, you know, mid-level executive or something like that. And then the mom was, you know, those, you know, those ladies who wear the dress that doesn't, that's not form fitting. It's just like a straight dress that yeah. is like baggy kind of like that type of lady or wore overalls or like an overall dress or something like that. And, you know, she had four or five kids and was very, very concerned about their upbringing and, they would have, you know, granola, like granola is the only way I can think of it. They would have very, these like odd foods that, you know, my family didn't eat, but, um, but the smoking thing was kind of part of that, which was also sort of part of the, of the Christianity thing, where it's like, well, you, you know, your body's a temple, so you don't pollute it with drugs and alcohol and smoking. So, uh, like that was kind of part of that sort of sect of Christianity as well. And then, so there was that kind of crossover but also they were sort of like Bill Clinton Democrats too. I guess sort of like you know, weird. I mean, they, were, they were more like Al Gore Democrats. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. Cause Tipper Gore was that where like very yeah. anti bad language music, but also that jived really well with the Christian conservatives. So yeah, like that's, it's just to me, it's like, again, being from the South where it's kind of like, you know, Southern Baptist people definitely drink. Mm-hmm. And definitely, you know, to me, and like, you know, and, and this is the being a stupid little atheist at certain points, like yeah. mental perspective of like, oh, you know, it's all this hypocritical crap. Like, just like you were saying, like, oh, as a deacon, the man of God is smoking and or drinking, you know, that sort of stuff. And to me, it's like, yeah, like how many of those guys, you know, it's like, Oh, showing up for church, Randy, you know, like in South Park where it's like Kenny's dad is like, you know, just the town drunk moron. And then like, he's going to church every weekend, you know, like beats his wife and you're like, oh, that's just the Christian way. And it's like, no, it's not at all. (laughs) Nothing to do with that. They're just crappy people who show up to this place that's in theory trying to make them better. Right. Just bad people. So, yeah. But I think it's a good place to wrap. Yeah. Let's, uh, cause we're an hour and seven in. So, uh, yeah, so anyway, yeah. it's just something to think about. Maybe, uh, 
listeners, if you want, keep your eye out for something that you think is unusually acceptable now that would not have been acceptable when you were a kid. And again, that, is, that is not the clear, like, oh, you know, letting your uh, trans transgendered son rape uh, two girls in the school bathroom. Well, yeah, we're, you know, we'll get shut down for that. <laughs> you uh, that. I, I was surprised we haven't been shut down to begin with. <laughs> that's, that's true. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's I mean, it's hard like, to shut down a show yeah. with seven listeners, Jacob. That's true. That's true. <laughs> All right. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Childerberg or at Tasting Anarchy. And um, we'll see you at Childerberg Veer, which is the 28th through the 30th yep. of May of 2022 in Mutual Bend Recreational Area. We have the land use permit. Yep. I hear uh, hot off the presses, just, mm-hmm. you know, from the uh, fantastic government four months late. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I guess I guess it was actually approved right away and they just didn't let me know, but she didn't want to do it until I had been given the camping sites, but I can't reserve the camping sites until next month for some reason. So, uh, just kind of weird. I don't know. They're weird. They're weird stuff. So next month I'll be able to reserve all those. And then, um, I'll put up on the site. I'm actually working on it already is, uh, the, it's basically we'll, we'll sell them like we sold the t-shirts where it'll be Mm -hmm. an item, an item to be purchased. So you'll basically purchase a ticket, I guess, for the event and, that will be. Uh, I, I gotta stop yeah, we'll, calling it a we'll, campsite. We'll, have, but, we'll yeah. have it all written out, and yeah. we'll we'll have tested it in different ways, and kind of you know peer grouped it or whatever, so it'll right. all make actual sense uh, as opposed to what's in kind of your head slash what I know we've talked about before. So right. yeah, follow us on this, uh, and we'll uh, see you guys later. All right, everybody, stay free. Stay free.